Hey, just a reminder that friend of the show and sketch card artist Ben Abusada is giving Rebel Base Card listeners 20% off sketch cards in his Etsy store. If you go to Etsy.com slash shop slash KSGeekman and use the code RebelBaseCard, you'll get 20% off of sketch cards. You can find the link in the show notes. All right, let's do the show. You found something. You found the Rebel Base Card Podcast. What a piece of junk. I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. He's as clumsy as he is stupid. Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk about sets from the original vintage. No, no, the one I'm pointing to. All the way to current releases. This? Yes. All right, let's get started. Commence primary ignition. Welcome back, or if this is your first episode, welcome aboard. My name is Greg McLaughlin, and this is the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Sorry for the noise as I am talking to you from an airport, and what a crazy week it's been since Triple Force Friday. My guest with me today is Rodney Roberts, a sketch card artist for Tops and Upper Deck, and also co-host of the Meanwhile at the Podcast podcast with him, George, and Kristen. Uh, I actually had a chance to listen and, and caught the sort of the pitch uh, to see if they could get Rodney on, and we were able to work something out, and I'm very, very happy I was able to do so. So just to get some uh, housekeeping out of the way first, I hope everybody had a good Triple Force Friday. I know I did go by my local Target, and a lot of those figures had already been plucked. You'd seen on Instagram some folks getting the, uh, the Mandalorian and some of the other figures, as well as some of the other swag that came out. My, uh, my biggest thing was to try to get the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker set that was debuting on that day from Tops. I know that Target was probably not going to have that much. A lot of times, if it's just a new set, it's, but it's still retail, sometimes they won't get it out until later on in that weekend. I did know that my local card shop was probably going to have it, and I went over there around lunchtime, and thankfully I was able to get a hobby box um, once again, I don't mind paying a little bit more if I can kind of help support my local store because the hobby box will contain a full set, full base set, and it did. That was the, the big trick there. The other nice thing about that set, and I'll probably talk about it more on an upcoming episode, was um, you got the full base set plus a nice insert set, and it did kind of give you a nice kickoff for that series, and I could kind of get a chance to see what the full one was going to look like. I did pull an autograph card. Uh, it wasn't someone I recognized. I think it was Tom Wilton who played one of the robots uh, in The Force Awakens. Uh, but he also has done some puppetry work as well. But it was still cool to pull the autograph. The other hit from that box uh, was a patch card, which I have seen in some other pulls. Uh, it's something that a lot of people are getting. So it's an interesting set of inserts. And I know some of the more, you know, the, the more higher-end collectors will kind of maybe take a pass uh, because of how the inserts are put together. I think there was only going to be 43 sketch card artists that were going to be included in this set, but it is something that it's a retail as well as hobby set, and this is something where if you are a if you are a casual collector or kind of a returning collector, uh, it was a big set for me to get into before The Force Awakens. It does have that classic blue starfield from the original top set, so it is something that, you know, if you're kind of wanting to take a you know, take a pass at a couple of packs or a blaster box or even a hanger box, uh, this is a set to kind of check out. And once again, like I said, I'll be giving a little more details and I'll be putting up some of those cards on the Instagram feed, some of them you've seen already. 
Otherwise, I wanted to kind of get into my discussion with Rodney. One of the things I also really liked about uh, his setup is that he actually had a page for merchandise and had a nice little logo to go along with it. And I do think that's really, if you're trying to get yourself out there, I think you have to look at the social networks, have to look at these avenues, uh, swag and whatnot, to kind of get your brand out. Because there are not only a lot of sketch card artists, but everybody's kind of building a brand. So why not a sketch card artist? So anyway, uh, it was great to get a chance to talk with him. And let's hear what he had to say. The very first thing, though, I wanted to ask you is how does a designer, and maybe that the answer is in the question, how does mm -hmm. a sketch card artist and designer get into merch? Get into merch. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I, I, I knew... No, I haven't been. I haven't had merch that long. Like this whole art nerd thing, that's probably less than a year, if not a year old. I felt like I needed, as an artist and designer, I needed to have a brand, something that would make me stand apart from my peers. Just, I used to have a. a I used to go by Ion Graphics, which was like, there's no rhyme or reason behind it. I just thought it sounded cool at the, at the time. It was a uh, name that I came up with when I had an, a website. This was back 10, almost 15 years ago. So I went by that name and I use it for everything. I mean, it was even my, when I played video games, it was my gamer tag. So I thought now, since I've just recently got back into art, like two, three years ago, like I need a name that represents me and what I'm all about. So, I mean, the obvious would be art. And so I also self-identify as a nerd. Like, I love all things nerdy, you know, comic books, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, just everything. So I'm like, you know, art nerd, it makes sense. And then in the word nerd, there's two R's, and those are my initials, Rodney Roberts. So I really like and, that. And then in some cases, the, the R's are back-to-back. -back. Yeah, they're, they're always like that. I even, like, when I sign, I sign it like that. So just and, to tie it back to the logo. And what kind of made, went into the decisions as far as what you were going to try to put out there as far as the merchandise? Um, well, when I did, when I first created the initial logo, the Art Nerd logo, I thought it looked really cool and I thought it looked real good on t-shirts. And so I did like a very, very small initial run of the t-shirts that I just gave to like some of my closest friends uh, for free, just so they could wear it around and get the name out. And everything and like over time I had been searching for a cost effective way of uh you know so many people were asking me for shirts and instead of like taking orders and like ordering this like bulk of shirts and running the risk of not being able to get rid of all of them I found a site um it's called Spreadshop so it's basically a print on demand shop you provide them whatever art or designs that you want to mass produce on whatever t-shirts uh stickers hoodies hats mugs and they they host everything they take care of the back end the front end all you do is provide the artwork and i thought that would be the easiest way for my friends and i guess fans and followers of my work to obtain gear that feature my brand so, I mean, the simplest thing for them to do is just go to this website, and if they see something they like, 
they're able to get it as opposed to going through me. So I just thought it just made it easier all around. And what kind of reaction have you gotten, if you can elaborate? Um, actually, better than anticipated. Like, I was very happy with the, uh, you know, at first only had one design <clears throat> available, and that was the, the general art nerd logo. And uh, a ton of people bought that. And then I was like, you know, what if I put up some of my artwork and some additional designs and I would eventually start getting, seeing hits on some of that stuff, some of, some of my more popular pieces of art. So it's been, I mean, I'm not making enough to where I can quit my day job, but I mean, it's, it's nice that people are showing an interest in my work and design. And how do you feel that kind of fits into the overall scheme? I, I think as someone who, you know, who is either doing this as a full-time job or a side job, it seems like you can't promote yourself enough. Do you feel like this is just a, something that you really should be pursuing or how do you feel it fits into the overall scheme of what you're doing? Oh, it, it's really tough um, because just, I, I think most artists feel this way. Um, unless you are like, Art is an eternal struggle, basically. I mean, it's something you have to do all the time to get better. And even if you feel you are where you want to be, you, you've got to keep at it or you're going to lose it. So I've been drawing all my life. And I went to college with the, with the mindset that, you know, I need to find some type of career that can sustain myself and a family. But still, I'm using my natural born talents and gifts. So in college, I was like, you know, what, what can I do to make a living for myself and still have fun doing it? You know, why am I going, why am I spending this money at this four year university to obtain these skills? Like, how am I going to be able to use them after school? So I kind of, it wasn't until college that I discovered graphic design and I decided to pursue, uh, pursue a degree in graphic design, and that's basically what I do now is my day job. I'm a graphic designer for a larger corporation. And so I stopped drawing for like a long time. Like I drew all through high school, and then once I got to college, you know, I would draw here and there, but I found I didn't have the time to draw as much as I liked or to draw what I liked. So I was focusing so much time on graphic design and learning the skills and aspects behind that. So I stopped drawing, this is back 1998, 94 through 98. And once I graduated from college, I went directly into the workforce as a graphic designer, graphic artist. And I've been doing that for almost 20 years now. And it wasn't until about three, four years ago that I picked up a pencil and started to draw again. Oh, wow. So it's kind of frustrating because as much as people see and enjoy my work, I guess in the back of my mind, I think about, you know, where would I be now if I hadn't taken that long break? You know, if I kept polishing my craft and drawing the things that I wanted to draw. You know, I grew up with the dream of being a comic book illustrator. And obviously I put that by the wayside. So, I mean, that's something I just, I don't know. I don't even know if I answered your question, <laughs> <laughs> but um, long story short, I took a break drawing and I just got back into art. So that's why I'm doing 
what you see now with the cards and so the graphic design and the cards, I try to maintain both and balance them both to where I'm working on them both equally. It's just one happens to pay the bills and the other is more of like a side gig that right. I, could, I, could do, I could do without, but like I'm enjoying, it's my passion. So it's nice to have that to supplement what I'm already doing with graphic design. And on top of what you're doing, you know, you're doing, you're doing the sketch cards, you're doing your job. Uh, you have uh, uh, looks like a very good sense of self-promotion with uh, I've got, we've got a merchandise page. We have Instagram and the socials, but you mm -hmm. also are involved in the podcast. I, I don't know where you're getting this time from, but can you talk <laughs> about how, how you got involved with a podcast and why you think that this is something? Yeah, I've got time. I got time. Well, like I said before, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd for like so many things. So like what's more fun than getting together with other nerds and talking about nerd things? I mean, stuff that we're going to talk about anyway, why not put that on the airwaves and let right. other people listen to it and find out what you're all about, you know, through that medium. So I am part of a podcast we call, it's called Meanwhile at the Podcast. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Meanwhile ATP and on Facebook, it's Meanwhile at the Podcast. So we're on basically all of your podcatchers. Uh, we like to promote the PlayerPod app because they promote us some. Um, but yeah, um, I am a co-host, or I have two co-hosts, George and Kristen. George was the host of another podcast called the George and Tony Entertainment Show. And he had me on there a few times as a guest, and then I even... I think like once or twice sat in as a guest host. Um, so after that went away, he actually approached me and asked, he's like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking about potentially getting back into podcasting. You know, if you, if I do, would you be interested in uh, being a part of it? And I, I'm not really uh, that much into like public speaking and talking. I, I don't really feel too comfortable with it. So, you know, the last thing, you know, of course I would be on his podcast as a guest if he asked me because he's a good friend and, you know, we talk about cool stuff. Um, but I couldn't say no to him. I was like, yeah. First of all, I didn't think he was going to do it. So I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm like, of course I'll be a part of it. And uh, next thing you know, he comes back to me. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. And so he said, you know, what do you think about pulling in Kristen? And Kristen works at a local comic shop. Um, here in Virginia, Comic Logic, and he's like, you know, how about we bring her in for that third and female voice? And so the three of us, you know, we record together, and we really have a good time. We record every week. Uh, new new episodes come out every Saturday. Uh, we just recorded our twenty first episode, and we'll record our twenty second tomorrow. So I mean, we're having a good time, and like I said, I mean, why not? Like it's stuff we're going to talk about anyway. Why not record it and put exactly. it out there for people that may be interested? I mean, if you are, you know, I, I suggest you check us out. I mean, we we have a good time. Well, and I think that's important about building an audience. And if you're building around your brand, you know, not only is your merchandise putting a, kind of a face on your brand, as it will, but you know, the podcast is also putting a sound to your brand as well. 
and yeah. you, you kind of have those people you know follow along and now they're getting not only not only are they seeing your work and you know they can display it and you know support you that way but they're also kind of following along and i think yeah. that is one of the, the the kind of a kind of a brilliant move um i would be i would be remiss if i didn't say put a shout out to george for uh, having to put up with you know, like there was an episode, a couple episodes back where he, you know, I'm, I'm in the car, I'm commuting to work and, and he's talking I'm like, wait a minute, we're, what, what podcast are we on? And we're talking about this and that. And then, and then all of a sudden I'm listening to someone talk about, you know, talk about listening to my podcast. I'm like, wait a minute. And then they're like, all right, we got to have a campaign to get you on. I'm like, well, I think you pretty much succeeded because if you're going to mention me on another podcast. You're getting on this podcast. Um, so that's why I was like, do, am I following this guy? I'm like, okay, yeah, I am following. I'm like, all right. Um, so you're making my life easier by, by, uh, by like, uh, you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to come on. Cause it's, you know, when you, when you start back at the beginning of, of this particular podcast, you know, you're like, Oh, you know, excuse me. And they're like, who are you? Yeah. And then now it's like, yeah. You know, um, but no, I, I think this is such a, this is such a great uh, move on your part because I think, like I said, it all kind of goes hand in hand and, you know, even though you could be very happy in, in job number one, everybody would be like, mm -hmm. hey, if I could just do this all day, that'd be great. But yes. when you're talking about if I'm going to do this thing, uh, there are these ways that you can make it the best possible mm -hmm. and yeah. you get a lot of enjoyment and you're kind of hitting it from different angles. And I think that, you know, and I think I see people at various stages of like, well, maybe I have a website, maybe I do this or maybe I go out to cons Um but it all seems like you really can't stop promoting yourself. It's like you, there's these tools here, these available that connect you so much more. Exactly. Than, yes. Um, either when you went to school or you're doing this where it's basically like we're in a room by ourselves. This is where we'd normally be doing our craft. Mm -hmm. um, there are people who are doing live streams of it or they're doing time lapses of it. Um, this is just an amazing way to get the art out there. And like you said, it's differentiating yourself a little ways from people who are doing it. Um, right. Do you mind if I ask, how did you kind of get started with uh, getting into sketch cards and, and who did you, what, which ones did you do first? So uh, like three years ago, I didn't even know sketch cards were a thing. You know, I was uh, into growing up. I had like a limited interest in uh, baseball cards and I like basketball cards because basketball is my favorite sport. So I had basketball cards, and one of my prized uh, nerd acquisitions growing up is I would collect the uh, the Marvel Universe cards. So I've got two complete sets of those, the first series and then the second series that they followed up with. So, And I have, uh, I'm sure I have some Star Wars cards somewhere, but like three years ago, I didn't know sketch cards were a thing. So I was at a con uh, a few years ago. And I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with Jim O'Reilly. He's a current he's a current Topps artist. Um, I would suggest talking to him too because he is probably the one, whether he knows it or not, got me into it. Because oh, wow. I saw I saw him drawing these cards. I was like, hey man, you know I really like your work. Like, what are you doing? Like, he's like, yeah, I'm doing sketch cards for Topps. They were Star Wars cards at the time. And I was like, well, how does one get into that? And I don't even think I was really drawing at the time, but I was like curious as to, you know, how do you get to do sketch cards for tops? Because I think that's something I could do and I'd really love to do it because I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. So uh, I contact, contacted him later via social media. I was like, hey man, you know, um, 
I don't know if you remember me or not, but I talked to you at this con and we talked about the sketch cards and how, how do you get into that? Who do I talk to? And so he gave me a contact and he said, you know, don't, don't expect to hear anything right away. If at, if at all, I was like, all right, you know, what do I, what do I have to lose? He said, just, you know, send whatever, like 10 or 12 pieces of your best work. And like I said, don't, don't hold your breath. So I did what he suggested and I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hear anything from them because I see what's out there and my work doesn't come close to some of this stuff that's being put out by these guys and girls. Uh, and I got a response like later, it's like two or three days later saying, Hey, we like your work. We got something for you. Are you interested? I'm like, uh, heck yeah. <laughs> so, the, so this was two years ago. I've been working on sketch cards for tops and upper deck. For two years, I've done about 12 or 13 sets total. Wow. And the first set I worked on was The Last Jedi. And so I've pretty much worked on every set that came out after that just for fear. Like, I would never say no for fear of, like, being taken off the list. Like, oh, this guy doesn't want to do this set, so we're not going to bother him anymore. So I've, like, done almost every set out of, like, obligation. So I mean I, I've been having fun with it. It's unlike anything I've done before, before art-wise. And if you told like, you know, six or seven-year-old Rodney that he was going to be drawing Star Wars and getting paid for it, he would have laughed in your face. <laughs> so I mean it's it's like a it's like a dream come true and dream realized just to be drawing some of my favorite stuff. And the same goes for Upper Deck when I'm drawing. As much as I love Star Wars, I love superheroes and comics that much more. So Upper Deck has the Marvel license, so I get to draw any and every Marvel character that I've, like, I used to draw as a kid. So, I mean, I'm just having a blast doing it. Who are some of your favorite characters to draw, either Marvel or Star Wars? Uh, well, if you follow my work, you'll see, like, probably one of my weaknesses as an artist is photorealism and drawing the human form and human figure. That's why I enjoy comics so much, because everything's so exaggerated. Like, yes, you have to have that basic, uh, you know, knowledge of anatomy or grasp of anatomy, but it's so it's exaggerated. It's exaggerated. It's a comic. Right. But as far as Star Wars goes, um, I draw a lot of droids and troopers. So I think the stormtrooper is like a, it's a sleek, iconic design. The armor is like just it's just something that I don't know. It's so. Uh, there's just so many options and variations of it that I never get bored drawing it. And like now, thanks to these sets, I can draw a stormtrooper from memory. I can draw Darth Vader from, from memory, you know, and whereas, you know, 10 years ago, I would have to like study a reference to get it down. And now I can just do it just like that. So I love drawing troopers. And as far as comics go, like there's, you can't top, Spider-Man, like Spider-Man is my favorite character to draw. Spider-Man and Batman, I, I just love those both of those characters. The how much do you think the sketch cards? You said you've been kind of doing them pretty steadily for two years. Mm -hmm. of, of your work, you know, what percentage is the sketch cards of like you know like the work you normally do in a year? I mean, is it is it is it the bulk of it is it a, a smaller percentage of it as far as like your other whether whether you're doing freelance whether you're doing this project or that yeah as far as drawing goes the bulk of my work is sketch cards 
Um, every now and then I will be commissioned by someone to do like a larger piece, like eight and a half by 11 or 11 by 17, sometimes bigger. Um, and I'll do a, a sketch cover here and there. I've got like a, I actually have a stack of those I need to get through um, commission wise. But one of my favorite things to do is um, in the past two years, I've started doing digital drawings. Hmm. And so I like to do like a digital drawing and like have those blown up to like say canvas, larger canvas prints. So over the past year or so, I've sold quite a few of those. You um, work from home from your primary job, correct? That's that's correct. So you're you're doing your main job at home, which probably means that you have a decent studio set up as well as this. Uh, yes. Doesn't it get a little crazy to have all this work being done in the same place? Do you have to to excuse yourself from the home from a little bit? How, how do you keep everything? And you're basically in this room almost like all day, every day. All, all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you're right. I, I uh, actually need to do that. I need to get out. Um, like I'm a huge, uh, I like to go to breweries a lot. So I should, I should probably like just pick up my sketchbook or iPad or whatever and like go to a brewery sometime and sit and do these drawings. Because you're right, it does get a little... I do suffer from cabin, cabin fever sometimes. You know, like I, I, I work here all day like as I sit here looking at my work computer. Um, yeah, I'm in here all the time. I'm either working on day job stuff or I'm sitting here doing sketch cards. So you're right. I've never even thought about that. <laughs> I should try to draw somewhere else. Well, talk about your studio a little bit. How do you, um, what do you work with and how does, how does your place set up? Um, well, if you can see it now, it's a little bit of a mess. Um, but I do probably 90% of my drawing, like right here at my desk. I've got a small setup with my, I've got a dual monitor setup. So a lot of times I'll have music playing on one side, uh, reference on the other, or a movie on one side, reference. And I mean, there are just markers and pencils scattered everywhere. And I've got this really, really nice drawing table that I bought when I graduated college that I never used. Like it's, <laughs> it, it, it's covered with, uh, you know, drawings, come. Uh, Incomplete drawings. There are a few canvases there. I've got comics everywhere. So I like to say it's a studio, but right now it's just a huge storage area that I happen to work in. Do you find when do you find that you ha when do you find the time to get your you know like you're you're doing your main job in there as well, right? Same place. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. So as far as like when you're doing your side stuff. When when is when is that time? Do you do it at night, weekends? How do you how do you balance that time? It's usually uh, well, my wife gets frustrated, but it's usually at night after the kids are put to bed. So I've got a nine year old and a four year old. The nine year old actually turns ten this weekend. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, after we get them to bed, which is like once once all is said and done, it's like it could be nine thirty. So. Once they're in bed, if I have like a deadline looming as far as cards go, I go right back into the office slash studio and I'm working on cards until I get tired of it. <laughs> so, Do you find that balance getting tougher as the kids get a little older? No, because they, they know what I do and they like 
my, especially my oldest, she, she enjoys seeing the final product and she's like so proud and excited to share with her friends what I do. I mean, she thinks it's like the coolest thing, but, um, you know, I, I make sure that, you know, a family comes first, bottom line. Right. So if there's ever a time where I feel, or either anyone in my family feels that this work is getting in the way of daddy time, then I will scale back or I would even do away with it if need be. But so far that hasn't been an issue because they all know how much it means to me and like how hard I've worked to get to this point. Um, and it, it, it helps that my, my kids are into the stuff that I'm into as well. Like my daughter loves comics. She loves Star Wars. And my, you know, my four-year-old, is she's right on the same path because, of course, she wants to do everything that her big sister does. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, that's a nice, nice work-life balance on both fronts, professional and, uh, you know, the fun stuff, side gig. Are you able to get out to cons either as an attendee or as a presenter? Um, I go mostly as an attendee. Uh, the past two years, well, three actually, there was a local con uh, called the All-Star Comic-Con. And so I've had a table there for the past three years. So that's been another you know, nice uh, opportunity that I've had to get my work and my face out there. And I've been pretty successful at all three cons. And I, I tell myself that eventually I'm going to branch out and start doing other shows, but I'm, I'm still not at that point. I'm like, I'm just right now, I'm just still in the produce, produce mode as far as, you know, as opposed to produce and sell. So I just produce. And if you see it and you want it, then let's make a deal. Let's work something out. But right now I'm not actively like out and peddling my wares. I, th I think it's interesting now you have, uh, you, like I said, you've been picking up a lot of these sets, um, as this comes out, we will have had Chrome Legacy and Skywalker Saga out. I'm assuming mm -hmm. we have cards in those? Yes. I did not work on Chrome Legacy. That, I think that's one that I skipped. If I remember correctly, I could be mistaken, but I think there was one that came out that had like a crazy turnaround time that like nobody expected <laughs> to be able to like manage or meet. Uh, that may have been one I skipped, but yeah, I do have cards in Skywalker Saga. And I think it's interesting that we, as we come to, you know, we're coming to very predictably the journey to the rise of Skywalker and then the rise of Skywalker. And then we're going to kind of be done with the major movies for a while. I think mm -hmm. as maybe an artist, especially who has done a number of these sets, this prospect of the next few years has to be a little tantalizing because you may get to be working on characters that you haven't had it, haven't had a whole lot of familiarity with, and in mediums we haven't really seen yet. This has got to be yes. a little tantalizing to you. Well, I'm looking forward for one is the potential or the inevitable Mandalorian set. Now you know there's going to be stuff coming out from that, and I'm sure there will be you know more Clone Wars stuff coming out, which I haven't had a chance to draw any Clone Wars characters. So yeah, I'm I'm looking for I'm not I'm not concerned at all. Like I am looking forward to the future that Disney Plus may bring for us as artists. So do you think that you would ever um as you do this more get a shot at either a comic 
cover or a comic book? Uh, you know, I have friends in my circle that may tell me that I'm selling myself short, but I would have to say no. Like, I just don't think I've put in, put in the time or have the experience as far as, uh, uh, nor do I have the desire to work on a car, a, a comic at this point, just because I focus so much time and energy into like pinup style art mm-hmm. that like I really don't think I'm prepared to jump into sequential art. Now, if somebody were to offer me the opportunity to work on a cover, like you better you better believe I would take that opportunity and I would I would do it to the best of my ability. You know, right. I would I would. You know, I might go down in flames, but I'm going to give it a shot. But yeah, I don't think I would I would take a stab at doing a comic, not at this point. But what are some of your, I'm assuming you have goals as far as yourself artistically. Are there things that you are still striving to do or like, yeah, I, I that's on my bucket list to do? Oh, I think all the one cool thing about working on these cards is the community of art, the larger community of artists that I've become a part of. Like I've met so many individuals through social media and in person that are do all we're all running the same race, so to speak. So it's pretty cool. And I think there's not one of us that you would ask that question and they wouldn't say that the goal is to have a base card. Like I think that as far as sketch artist artistry goes, that's the end all be all is to finally have a base card in one of these sets. So, I mean, I'm, I, I guess, Subconsciously, I'm probably working up to that. I mean, it's not like an active goal that I'm pursuing, but like I would like to hopefully be good enough one day to where one of the art directors will contact me, hey, contact me and say, hey, would you like to have a base card in this set or that set? That would probably be the day that I would like, okay, I would do that base card and then I would quit because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've made it. <laughs> the final laugh. Well, no, it's interesting. And I had I kind of mentioned in a previous episode where I've been kind of collecting the galaxy sets. And as I go back, you know, from eight, you know, all the way back to some of the first ones, it to me it kind of seemed like galaxy was sort of like, this is sort of like a capsule in time of what a particular art director or where tops was in their head at the moment of going, this is reflective of, you know, maybe star Wars art for our cards at this particular time. And as right. you go back, and I think that, you know, I, I'm finding more and more importance in these sets, especially with Galaxy, you know, like focusing with sketch card artists going, hey, look, this has really got your guys' tentpole as far as something to say, hey, look, it's this is important enough. Not is it just a, this is a cool sketch card you can get, but, you know, base card is like, it is like that fixed moment in time. Yes. And and I, I think, it like you said, it has to be, but it, we you want to make sure to encourage Tops to go, the, a lot of these sets are great. They're perennial favorites, but this galaxy has got to be this. The weight it can't be, um, you know, un, under understated as far to you. Right, folks. right, yeah, yeah. It's 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 you know the sketch card uh, game is it's pretty weird because when I first did it, like my friends and family, they just automatically assumed that you know you're you're drawing on this large format and they're shrinking it down to card size and they're going to like just go buy a pack like in say a target or whatever and they're going to find some of your cards I'm like no 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 you know <laughs> when i'm doing sketch cards they're one one of a kind cards 
So if you're lucky to pull one of my cards or any other artist's cards, that's the, that's the original drawing. And they were drawing at that size, the three and a half by two and a half size. You know, they're, they're not reproductions. So on one hand, you have the sketch cards, which are unique and one of a kind. And then on the other hand, you have base cards, which are, you know, larger pieces that are shrunk down to three and a half by two and a half and mass produced. Right. So they're, they're, they're both unique in their own ways. So, I mean, it's, it's something, there's something cool about having a piece mass produced and, you know, anybody can get it, but it's still something that you created specifically for this purpose. And it has your name written on it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask as far as Star Wars itself, um, what are some of the things you're looking forward to the most coming up? Uh, there's been a lot of announcements made. What's, what's really got you juices flowing? Um, everything I've heard and seen of the Mandalorian, like I can't wait. I mean, I've already subscribed to, uh, Disney plus, so I'm just counting down the days for release. Um, that's probably number one. And, you know, as polarizing as The Last Jedi was for fans, I am anxious and excited to see how they wrap this, this up with The Rise of Skywalker. Like, J.J. Uh, Abrams, you love him or you hate him, and I feel like the majority of his stuff I love. You know, I wasn't in love with The Force Awakens, but I think it was a decent... It did a decent job of introducing this, the whole Star Wars saga to another, a new generation, new set of fans. Um, I think a lot of people may not have liked it as, as much because it was too familiar. Right. I mean, I was okay with it. Um, but I think, I'm, I, I think the Rise of Skywalker, or I'm hoping it will surprise us in a, in a good way. So th- those two definitely, The Mandalorian and The Rise of Skywalker. What are some things yourself that you have coming up, either uh, con-wise or card-wise or project-wise or podcast-wise, that you are looking forward to or fans of you are should be looking out for you to be or to, to see yourself in? Um, well, right now I'm working on, uh, I'm working on my second round of um, Marvel Flare for, for, for Upper Deck. Um, so like I said, superheroes are my jam. So I'm looking forward to diving into that. So as soon as that is released, I will share my work. And as always with Upper Deck, I have APs available to commission. So if you want a commission from me on an official Upper Deck card, uh, you know, let me know and we'll work something out. I'm more than eager to work with you. I don't have any shows or appearances coming up in the near future. But I will be attending Baltimore Comic Con as a guest. So I'm very I'm very, very excited for that because I am going to finally meet and greet one of my all time inspirations, Jim Lee. Oh nice. So yeah, I'm 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 so pumped about that. I mean he's probably like in my top five at least of uh influences and inspirations. Excellent. And if people want to reach out to you, 
what are the best ways to reach you either on the socials or on emails and things like that? Where, where, where can they connect? Yeah. So the best, the best way to see all my stuff and follow uh, what I have going on at the time is on Instagram and that's the art nerd with two R's and the word nerd. And then on Facebook, my art page is just um, art nerd spelled the same way. So those are the best ways to contact me. Uh, you can, you can DM me, uh, send me a message, you can also email me at um, artnerd at gmail.com. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always available to work on anything and everything uh, as time permits. But, yeah, if you like my work and want to work with me, please do hit me up. And I know that this will come out after um, uh, probably one or two shows at least come out for the podcast. But um, as far as, like, the um, Meanwhile at the Podcast – uh, do you guys have a list of things that you are kind of like in advance that you talk about, or is it more of an ad hoc for that particular episode? Uh, it's about 50, 50, uh, well, probably 70, 30, because we'll, George will come in with a list of things and we hardly ever touch any of it because we start talking about, we'll go off on some tangent where we start out talking about current events, but then it will, the, it will derail into something else, which <laughs> ends up, you know, it still ends up being entertaining, but, um, we try to go in with bullet points and if we get through them all, we get through them all. If not, so be it. We'll either shelve it for the next week or just drop it all together. So it's sort of like an uh, on the cuff pop culture uh, catch all podcast, basically. Yeah. And I really like the, uh, I like the, uh, I kind of like different perspectives coming in. Uh, you know, it sounds really good. It's put together really well. And it is sort of sometimes it's nice, sometimes even as a palate cleanser, because I listen to a lot of different podcasts, but it's right. something where you go, I'm not quite sure where this is going, but yeah. um, what I really like is the fact you guys all sound like you're having a good time. And I think that mm -hmm. is just as enjoyable to go, yeah, I'm going to let them go off on whatever tangent they're going to go off because it, it sounds yes. good and uh, it is kind of fun. So I am um, best of luck with that as well. And I, I just really want to say um, once again, thank you so much for uh, the, the shout out, not only on the podcast, but just you know, reaching out and, and listening. I like it when I can hear some feedback of people who, you know, are, are maybe getting someone out of these these stories. I, I mm -hmm. think the the artists are you know need a little more love. I think they're a little underserved in that, mm -hmm. you know, people want to find out the stories about these cards. And when you when you find like, wow, there's a lot more behind this, and mm -hmm. now I've got the technique, and now I know the person. I think it really means much more to a collection rather than just something like, yeah, this is just a stack of this, and well, it looks cool, but I don't really know a lot about them or her yeah. and things like that. So I think that, you know, coming on and, and kind of giving your story and, and it's, it's just amazing. So I just want to say thank you so much uh, for coming on. Oh, no, thank you very much. Um, I was particularly drawn to this podcast, you know, because of the subject matter, you know, I mean, I'm heavily involved with the sketch cards and your podcast is about or card collecting in general. Um, Star Wars be exact. And so I just thought it was something good to like, like you said, it's it's a nice palate cleanser because it's just a different type of show. You know, you have our show, which is pop culture. We talk about everything. Then you have like comic book podcasts and you have your comedy podcasts. And so it's just something different. I like to listen to something that's going to sort of touch every facet of my life. And yours just happens to be one of them right now. So it's just nice that something like your podcast is available. Thank you. Thank you. And all right, and I hope to, um, if you'd be like able to come back on at another time when we got uh, projects of yours coming up, I'd love to have you back on. Oh, I'd love to be on. Thank you so much.
Once again, my thanks to Rodney Roberts for being on the show tonight. It was a pleasure to get a chance to talk with him. If you haven't yet, definitely check out Meanwhile at the Podcast. Great group, great show. If you have any feedback for tonight's episode, good, bad, or otherwise, you can post a comment on the Instagram page for this episode. You can also DM me or email me at greg at rebelbasecard.com, or you can also leave a comment on the Facebook page post for this episode. If you are a sketch card artist or Star Wars artist or collector and want to talk about your work or passion, I'd love to get a chance to talk with you, and maybe we can set something up. You can contact me at those places I just mentioned. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.